We are living in some really exciting times right now, and God is revealing himself in a wonderful, wonderful way. I mean, he, he, he's, he's not necessarily the God that, that maybe you've heard in the past where if you don't toe the line, he's going to smack you down or something like that. I mean, let's face it, if, if God asks us to forgive our enemies— and he's not going to forgive his enemies. I, I, that doesn't compute with me, Jim. Yeah. You know, e- either either God is love or he isn't. Well, Jesus laid that all out about when he talked about your enemies. He said, "Pray for your enemies, love them who despitefully, you know, abuse use you, you and yeah. use you." Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. does he live by his own rule? Another set of rules that he expects us to live by? No. Stop and think about that, saints. Stop and think about that. So the topic today um, is God is restoring our memory. And again, we're not talking about our earthly memory. He might be doing that too. You know, he may be, you know, some people deal with issues as they get older, dementia, whatever. And I believe God can restore all that too and bring wholeness and healing in that area too. But what we're talking about today is our eternal being. We are eternal beings beings. And um, I, I've got a poem here, Jim. It's not my poem, but it was given to someone by the Lord because it's very, very anointed. Um, it says, come, my friends, and go with me away back to eternity. <laughs> wow. Go back beyond the days of youth where everything that was, was truth. Go back until, within the past, you fail to find the place at last. Where the beginning you can see of the immense eternity. Man, that just puts goosebumps on me, man. This is so good. Go back until there's not a trace of anything but God and space. God all around Below, above, unlimited power and love. Away back there, removed from sight, and where everything that was, was right. Boy, don't you yearn for those days again? Away back there, removed from sin, is where our story will begin. I think that succinctly, just like your poem, isn't it amazing how poetry can can just pierce the, the, the flesh and go right to the spirit that resides in you? Uh, it's, it's just wonderful. It's awesome. Um, I like in here, Jim, where it says, in the beginning. In the beginning of what? Not in the beginning of God, certainly but in the beginning of his creation of all things, in the beginning of time, in the beginning of the orderly procession of the divinely destined ages, in the beginning stands God, omnipotent and omniscient and creating, sustaining and guiding all things and all people and all the ages of time according to the purpose of his own will. Yeah, it's awesome. Isn't that great? It's a wonderful poem. 
So, yeah. so basically, what we're saying is, th- there, there's a scripture. First of all, we are ministers of reconciliation, aren't we? You know, we are ministers of reconciliation, and God said, I think, and I know it's, it's in, um, in, in um, not Corinthians, it's in, I think it is in Second Corinthians, but it's also um, in Colossians, first, first chapter of Colossians, where, where it says that uh, God will reconcile. Guess what? If it says God will do something, it's going to happen. If God wills it, it's going to happen. Yeah, he says he works everything after the counsel of his own will. Exactly. Yeah. So he says if that— that's his will. If, if that's his will, it says yeah. God will mm-hmm. reconcile. What's the word reconcile mean? Mm-hmm. Bringing together as one. So if you're estranged from your wife or husband and you decide to reconcile, then you were two separates becoming one again. So he's going to reconcile all things, it says— all things on earth and all things in heaven. And boy, is that a different topic for a different day. I, I, I just got a revelation on that, Jim, where it says he's going to reconcile all things in heaven. Because our perception of heaven is everything's been reconciled. Hmm. But guess what? It hasn't been, but it will be. And we're, that's another topic for another day. But uh, God's going to reconcile. It's right there in the Bible, all things. So there is a thing called the restitution of all things. The restitution of all things. And in the restitution of all things, God's going to bring about that reconciliation that we just talked about. The oneness. The oneness. That's what he wants. He wants the oneness so that... uh, we will all be one with him, and God will be all in all. Again, all this is in the Bible, folks. It's just, it gets glossed over so many times because it is deep. It's, it's not, like Jim said, you can't grasp it with the, your yeah, earthly true. mind. You have to grasp it with the mind of Christ. And, and the Bible clearly says this, you have the mind of Christ. But it's developing in you, just like you're, when you're a little child, your mind develops so that you can someday go to school and someday maybe go to college and hold down a job and, you know, have kids and train them up right and all that. But I'm going to read this. Um, let's see. The soul, I didn't write this, but I thought it was good. The soul also expands through choice making. We have choices in all this. If you want to stay right where you are, it's got to let you. But if you want to move on with God, you're going to be challenged. You may be challenged with this. You may not be challenged with what we're saying today. You might have all, you, you might be able to come on the air and, and teach Jim a lot and I a lot about this. But this is something that, that we've really been looking at here recently. The soul, express, the soul seeks to express its true loving and joyful nature within a potentially challenging context. The soul expands as it chooses how it meets the experience of limitation 
and issues intent making choices within that context within that context so you know during this journey we were placed here on earth and it's a journey and during this journey you are faced with choices and i believe there's not a more important choice you can make than trying to spend the time necessary to know who God is and know who you are in him. How much Christ has been formed in you. The more Christ has been formed on you, you're going to see a change come about. You know, it says that we're new creation. I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.15 says that we have become new creatures, new people, new creation. And... When that begins, when that process begins, you're going to see love formed in you that you never thought was possible because God is love. And uh, you're going to see situations change in your life for the better. And so that's why we're here to challenge you to continue to seek God, continue asking asking questions, Keep knocking on that door. Jesus said, I am the door. So come up here. You know, this is where the party is, up here. You know, Not down there on the earthly realm where there's nothing but trials, tribulations, and all this stuff that... And death. You know, huh? And death. And death even. You can yeah. even say that. Yeah. Um, so we come to earth. We're on this journey. Uh, why? Um, Rich actually answered that question just seconds ago where he talked about the soul enlarging itself, coming into greater wisdom and understanding. Uh, The Bible talks about a new creation, and basically what the Lord is doing in this hour and has been doing for the past few thousand years is he is combining human nature with the Christ nature. Jesus was the prototype of what God desired to do in the earth and is doing in the earth. Jesus was the firstborn in the new creation man, and he was the firstborn among many brethren, the Bible says. So God really is expanding himself in a new universe, in a new realm, and it's basically God-man. Jesus was 100% God, and he was 100% human. And this is the only place, this is the only school right now, to my knowledge, in God's great cosmos in this universe, where God is bringing about a unique and very special breed of himself, of himself. So you may ask yourself, well, what is the purpose in the tribulation and things that we go through? You know, Paul says, If you want to reign with him, be in a position of great authority with him, then we're going to have to suffer with him. And Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation while you're in the earth realm. But he said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome all that stuff that you're going through down there. So we have to continue to focus on Jesus, even despite some of the things that we're going through right now, because what God is doing is he is, is, is enlarging your understanding and your wisdom. Um, I have a poem here, if I can read it, Rich. Uh, recently, the Lord gave me a poem. It says, as we start our journey, 
and we were talking about journey. Yes. As we start our journey into prayer or, or into communion with Father, Father will give us the confirmation that his presence will be there. Then we must, through faith, lean very heavily on Father's grace to shut the doors of doubt. And his grace and mercy will shut them out. This will enable then for his wisdom to flow, for his wisdom is what we need to have, for it will separate our understanding from the good versus the bad. For Father's greatest desire, hear me now, saints, for Father's greatest desire in this present hour is to restore back to us his glorious power. So get into your closet and shut the door. He's not talking about a physical closet, by the way like many of us have been taught. <laughs> but he's talking about the closet that's inside of you where his kingdom dwells, that quiet place. place, yeah, the secret place inside of you, and shut the door. Try and shut out all the thoughts and, and things that aggravate you or, and try to rob you of the presence of God in your heart. Try and shut them out. God will give you the grace to do that. And then it says, so... Get into your closet and shut the door so Father can secure for you the treasure that you have in store. And then the Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, For we have this treasure in jars of clay, and it must come forth in this, the Lord's glorious new day. So it is indeed a journey, and it's all for his glory, and it's for our good, and Let's be honest about it, saints. It says that we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places, and we're and we're supposed to rule and reign with him in God's cosmos. What we're talking about here is a far greater vision than you're ever going to get in most of your local churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most of the vision that the local church has today in this hour is— get saved, I've escaped hell, I'm on my way to heaven, wait to die, and then I'll go into glory. And that's probably as far away from God's intentions and God's wisdom for our lives. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, has come, and the kingdom of God is within you. And I'll end it with this. The problem people, the people we had the most difficulty with, was not the prostitutes or the wine-bearers, okay? It was the religious crowd that were so steeped in their traditions that they didn't even realize that the Messiah, God, was standing right in front of their very eyes. So you've got to get alone with the Lord in this hour to understand his mind and to get your mind renewed and come into a oneness with the Father. You know, we, we've talked a lot of about words that begin with R-E, yeah. you know, restitution, renewed. reconciliation, yeah. renewed mind redemption redemption yeah. you know it's very very interesting that that i guess you'd call it a preposition of re um what has been provided in christ is a return that's all, that's what we're talking about today the topic is god's going to restore your memory and he's going to we're going to return a restoration a renewing, a redemption, a reconciliation, a resurrection, a restitution. That prefixed RE means back again anew. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
that's exciting. And all the words with this prefix um, speak of something that left its place and has now made its circuit and come back to the point of its beginning. I am the beginning and the ending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alpha and the Omega, mm-hmm. you know. Um, let me let me give you a scripture that shows the hand of God in this and the extensive scope of both the departure from and the returning unto God. Psalms 90, 1 through 3, it says, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Remember, we, we said that the Holy of Holies is, resides within you. That's where God dwells. That's where the Shekinah glory of God is. goes on to say, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth or the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. And, and some of the stuff, hopefully, if you've been listening from the beginning, ho- hopefully some of the things we said that may have been shocking to you is starting to make a little sense to you because it's all backed up by Scripture. I mean, we've given probably seven or eight Scriptures here today that back exactly up that we are eternal beings. We existed before our mom and dads even knew each other. And we were even formed in our mother's womb. We existed. You, you can't be an eternal being going forward and not be an eternal being going the other direction. That's what he meant when he said, and those who he foreknew. Those who he foreknew. Well, where did he foreknow them from? <laughs> okay. It was before he even created the earth realm. Um, so, yeah, we are a project under construction right now. And when it's done, it's going to be a glorious temple because God does not dwell anymore in temples made of men's hands. If you're getting up on Sunday morning and you're saying, let's go to the house of God where God resides, um, the Lord wants to start changing that kind of thinking in his people because we are, you are the temple of God. The Apostle Paul said, don't you know that God no longer dwells in temples made of men's hands? And stones and brick and mortar? Yeah, or stained glass. But know ye not that you are the temple of God. And God's just trying to make this message to the world right now more intimate, more intimate. Um, He wants us to understand the great unconditional love that he has for us. There are no conditions to come into God's presence His love is unconditional. There are no conditions. Irregardless of where you've been or where you're going, the cross paid the price, period. It is finished, Jesus said. Now all you have to do is just walk in his love and forgiveness. We made reference to Jeremiah 1.5 where God spoke to Jeremiah and said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That word knew is to know by experience. Cool. To be acquainted with, to recognize. Now, I've known Jim for decades, but I can't, he can't know me or I can't know him unless the other knows him, knows the other. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to know somebody, 
you can know of somebody. I mean, I could know of. Um, you could have heard about me years ago. Some sports star or some actor. I can know of them, right. but I can't know them unless they know me. Right. That, that's pretty powerful when you think about God saying, I knew you. Which means that, that, that you know, if, if you are to know by experience, then the other person has to be involved in that experience. Well, isn't that what Jesus is saying in his high priestly prayer? I think it's John 17, mm-hmm. where I told you, Rich, in the Passion Bible, Jesus says six times, Father, I pray that they experience the oneness you that go. you and I have. Father, I pray that they experience the unconditional love that you have for me, that you also have for them. And see, again, we are in an hour right now where you are going to start experience the nature, the love, and the power of God. And it all comes by his grace. This, this is not difficult. What we're talking about doing here is not a lot of works. You'll hear a lot of preaching on, well, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, so on and so forth. No, the Lord says it's already finished for you. All you need to become aware of is what is already finished. You're coming from a position of victory. You're not a victim. You're coming from a position of victory and going toward victory. You know, it's experiencing his presence, just like Brother Lawrence's book. You know, you're experiencing him. And um, just one more thing on Jeremiah. The one version says, before I started to put you together in your mother. (laughs) So that's way before you became a little baby. I mean, that's like before, you know, it takes nine months in some cases to have a, a child but he's saying, I knew you before I even started the process. And so that's really, really, really exciting. And the other thing is, um, Jim, we have to receive all this by faith. It's all about faith. You know, the Bible says in eleven six, with but without faith, it's impossible to please him. You know, everybody that's listening to our voice has faith. Yeah, and the other part of that verse, too, says, for God is a rewarder of them that right. diligently seek him. Right. So, you know, he is a rewarder. If you want to get the rewards, then seek his face. There you go. But it's without faith, it's impossible to get the rewards. Mm-hmm. Without faith, it's impossible to receive spiritual things it's just not possible. If you're trying to receive spiritual things with earthly thinking, you know, you're going to say, well, these guys are way out there and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not uh, dealing with the things that, that I have heard. Well, let me tell you, we all need to be challenged. I want to be challenged, Jim. If this is something I haven't heard before, I'm going to take it to the Lord. And I'm going to say, Lord, what is this all about? All this stuff that we're talking about today, Jim and I both have taken it to the Lord. We wouldn't speak it forth if we hadn't had confirmations from the Lord. Yeah, because faith is the assurance. And we have an assurance in our heart that what we are sharing with you today is from the Lord. Otherwise, we would not dare jump out and share things like this. And we're not getting compensated for this, (laughs) folks. You know, I've we never getting, received a dime from the gospel. I mean, so, I've received, God has blessed me abundantly, and I, I, shoot, I thank him every day for the blessings he's given me. 
but I, I've never been a, a pastor on salary or whatever. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we have no agenda here. Yeah, yeah. And there's Zero no agenda. Yeah. The one version, Jim, says he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Guess what? You know what the reward is? The rewarder of them who diligently seek him? More faith. More of Stronger him. faith, more of him, which yeah. is more of him, always right. more of him. Right. Um, he rewards the faith with more faith. It's not an earthly reward. I'm not saying he won't bless you with a nice house and a nice car. And all. I'm not saying that, but that's temporal. That, that All that stuff goes away. He has heavenly rewards for us. And you don't have to wait until you cross over to get those heavenly rewards. They're available to you right now. Rewards that have eternal benefits, which are eternal, not earthly, because the earthly is temporary. God knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. So guess what? That's a wonderful thing you already know through that scripture alone. If that's the only scripture you had about our topic today, you have to believe that God knew you before you became Jim Wilson, Rich Ellison, whatever. And and that's that's a wonderful thing. So we're kind of winding down here, Jim. Do you have any other poems or well, anything that yeah, you have to share? Yeah, the thought that's com- coming to me, Rich, you're talking about rewards. Uh, the Lord did say that, you know, if you seek me, that you'll receive a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. So God's not in the pauper business because God's not a pauper, okay? Um, so uh, you'll receive a hundredfold. Now, I don't know if that means a hundred Cadillacs versus one, <laughs> But I suspect, at least my own personal experience is, when, you, when he starts sharing the true reality of who he is and who you are in him, that is true prosperity right there. And as far as what you're going to eat, where you're going to live, it's like he told the disciples, seek ye first the kingdom which is in you, and all these other things will be added unto you. You, you don't have to be that need conscious. The only need we really have is a need for him. Um, yeah, there is a poem um, that I got just recently. I don't believe I read it here this morning. Uh, but, you know, when I was a young kid, and Dad used to take me to a place here in Cincinnati down on Sycamore Street. I think it was called Bill's Donuts. And when we would get uh, close to Bill's Donut Shop, I could smell those donuts. My mouth would start watering for a donut. And and the Lord gave me a, a poem here just is it probably yesterday or two days ago, and it goes like this. Uh, John six fifty one. If I read this, Rich, let me know. No, go ahead. I am the living bread. No, that, you didn't read that. John six fifty one says, "I am the living bread that has come down from heaven. Eat of this bread, and you will live forever." Now that's John six fifty one. The poem goes like this: Can you smell the bread that's cooking, coming down from heaven above? It's always fresh and living, because it's made with hands of love. And all we have to do to eat it is to reach out through faith and love. This bread is always available because it flows from God above. God never sleeps nor slumbers, so it's always right on time. And when you eat enough of it, your life will become a poem to God and things will always rhyme.
That's good. Yeah. That's good. There's there's one more scripture we have to read, and that's in um, Ephesians 1, 9. Of course, I love the first chapter of Ephesians. But it says that uh, he has purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, we may be... We may be approaching that right now, Jim. He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Jim, how can you misinterpret that? In the fullness of times, he might gather together in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. But where does this fulfillment of this purpose begin? Jim, I believe it's, it's the first fruits company. I believe it's, you know, in Romans 8, I think 19 says the, the whole world is waiting, standing on tiptoe just waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. I believe if you're listening to our voice today, you are in that company. God has called you into that company that, that you would be the first fruits when, when the fullness of times have come. And he's preparing you right now. Those whom he apprehends and leads out from the midst of the world and its corruptness into a path of righteousness to begin or to become his people. And then every man in his own order, rank after rank, until all have been brought into the fullness of his life. That's a loving God right there. Thus, ultimately, it is not just his mind controlling our mind, but it is our possessing of his mind. This is his eternal central supremacy within it is more than just a fill me with more of God but a being swallowed up unto him henceforth to be as he is you know God made us into his image and likeness right yeah that's what it says and he also said Jesus said Lord make them one as you and I are one Hmm. and he also said when you see him as he is, as he is, you shall be. You'll be like him. Well, we've already been made into his image and likeness, but there's something we have to do, and it's not a lot of huffing and puffing. It's just spending time with the Lord by faith, by faith, appreciating all that He's done for you. You know, an attitude of gratitude. You know, prayer, all these things we talk about every week, Jim, they're, they're all very, very important to be able to, to position yourself for God to pour into you and to reveal to you his secrets and mysteries. Because he said he wants to give us, but he says you you got to be able to handle it. Didn't Paul and Jesus both say, there's things I want to tell you, but... You just can't handle it at this time? Yeah. Well, guess what? There is a time you can handle it. And maybe that time is now. 
Yeah, it's, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, he says. And Jesus' prayer with the disciples was, Father, I pray that thy kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. And uh, so what does that mean, come to earth? I thought we all had to die to see his kingdom and go to heaven. No. Salvation is a now salvation. The kingdom of God is here. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus walked this earth, uh, the kingdom of God had arrived. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God resides within you. Okay, we love you. Keep listening. God bless.